0: section nineteen of the three lieutenants this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the three lieutenants by william henry giles kingston chapter sixteen the captain's return boats approach the fort assailed on all sides hot fire passing the fort archie wounded the landing fort attacked needham hauls down the flag enemy put to flight the pursuit fall of commander Babacom. prisoners captured fort destroyed re-embark passage down the river sail for jamaica death of commander Babacom. funeral murray promoted hastens to st david's Alec murray felt the full responsibility of the duty imposed on him but he knew that he had trustworthy supporters in jack and terence and that full reliance could be placed on the military officers and all the gallant marines and soldiers of the regiment as soon as day broke higson dropped down the stream to rejoin the main body he had heard the shouts and cries and fancying that they had been caused by the appearance of another puma or jaguar in the camp he had not thought it his duty to quit his post as soon as he arrived murray informing him of what had happened ordered him to proceed down the river and ascertain if possible what had become of the captain and the two unfortunate gentlemen who had been carried away by the current in the meantime every preparation was made for starting the soldiers had re-embarked the expedition was about to proceed when two boats were seen rounding a point some way down the river the seamen cheered heartily when they discovered that their captain's gig was taking the lead she having at length got near terence who was looking out with great satisfaction saw that his old shipmate ben snatchblock was on board as the gig came up alongside he inquired for the consul and his friend they are lost answered the captain not a trace could we discover of them they must both poor fellows have been drowned before they had been many minutes in the water and this brave fellow here was nearly lost also in his attempt to save them i cannot bear to think of their sad fate while we shall much miss their assistance we have however an unexpected addition to our force i had gone some way down when i saw a fire on the shore and putting in found commander Babacom, and his boat's crew encamped he having recovered sufficiently to enable him to come up and join us how was snatchblock saved asked terence by catching hold of a big tree which rose out of the water when i was pretty nigh done for answered ben thanks also to commander Babacum and his boat's crew who hearing my shouts came and took me off the corvettes gig with her perspiring commander as terence called him soon afterwards came up he was full of fight and valor and burning with eagerness as he said to have a brush with the enemy he looked but little able to undergo any exertion and captain hemming who thought him unfit for the work regretted that he had joined the expedition though he complimented him on his zeal and determination i couldn't bear the thought of being left behind and though i knew that i should be reduced to a pancake and bitten into one mass of blisters i determined to follow you he answered but it has been trying work i can assure you i have lost three stone already so dick spurling my coxswain who is a good judge of weight declares and i have made him hoist me up on his back every morning to try and then those abominably greedy mosquitoes i should have thought after feasting on the hides of two hundred fellows or more they might have had the conscience to let me alone the gluttons i had to tell the men off into watches to wave branches over me at night or there wouldn't have been an ounce of blood left in the morning even if they hadn't carried me off bodily and really considering the size of their wings and the strength of their Proboscises. i thought that more than probable now after all i have gone through i only hope that the enemy will hold out and give us something to do as captain hemming was unwilling to displace murray he directed the sorely tried commander to take charge of the heavier boats while he and the lieutenant proceeded on ahead with the lighter ones to endeavor before commencing hostilities to try and settle matters by pacific measures the order was now given to move ahead faith it's easy enough to say that same exclaimed adair but it's much harder to do it however give way my lads we shall see the noses of the dons before long if they stop to show them and if not we shall chance to get sight of their coat-tails a hearty laugh from his boat's crew as they bent lustily to their oars followed this sally as the crews of the heavier boats labored with all their strength they made good way and for some time kept the two light gigs in sight they now entered a reach of a mile and a half in length at the head of which according to the consul's description the fort would be found the captain and murray pulled on for some distance though the mist which still hung over the river hid them from sight of the fort not a breath of air stirred the leaves of the forest the monkeys as before chattered among the branches and bright-colored macaws flew screaming overhead at length far in the distance on the summit of a bold point projecting into the river the stockade they might have to attack came into sight the rays of the rising sun shining on the fort brought it into bold relief against the dark woods and above the deep shadows cast across the stream no flag waved over it and no sign of life appeared not a canoe floated on the water no sound was heard captain hemming thought that had he not wished first to try pacific measures he might have managed to surprise its garrison without resistance but like many another gallant man he had no wish to fight if it could be avoided and he only hoped to induce the nicaraguans to yield without being compelled to resort to force the gigs proceeded but slowly as the current here ran even faster than in any part of the river still no notice was taken of the boats and murray who shared his captain's sentiments had begun really to think that the matter would be settled without bloodshed when two wreaths of smoke issued from the stockades and a couple of shots whistled near them at the same moment up went the flag of the nicaraguan republic and the next instant volleys of musketry came rattling by them from either side of the river colonel Salis evidently does not intend to receive us as friends observed captain hemming order up the other boats murray the sooner we give him and his followers the lesson they require the better we will at once make a dash at the fort it will not do to stop here and be shot down like dogs as dick needham saw the flag run up he exclaimed we'll have that bit of bunting down before long lads and it won't be my fault if i don't get hold of the halyards the crews cheered and pulled on with renewed vigor their strength however was taxed to the utmost for the banks of the river closing in at this point the water rushed down like a mill-stream and at times the boats remained almost stationary it was no easy task to urge even the light boats ahead though showers of shot came rattling about them from numerous concealed foes on either side it would have been useless to return their fire for not an enemy showed himself the marines and soldiers however got their muskets ready to pick off any more adventurous foes who might for an instant appear among the trees but the enemy were too well accustomed to this sort of warfare to expose themselves and kept well under cover it was trying in the extreme but their gallant leader had resolved not to be defeated in his object and all hands willingly followed him He and murray took the lead in their respective gigs jack rogers with his brother tom in the pinnace which carried the lieutenant of the marines and a party of his men were close astern the frigates and corvettes barges with a detachment of the regiment and their captain were not far off the other boats were making the best of their way but found it impossible to keep up with the lighter built ones considering the showers of bullets which kept whizzing by them it seemed wonderful that as yet no one had been wounded they were not allowed however to proceed much farther with impunity the boats had been repeatedly hit and some of the oars had almost been cut in two as the headmost boats neared the fort the fire became hotter the bowman of the pinnace was seen to relax his efforts but still he pulled on a red stream issuing from his breast showed that he had been hit presently the oar slipped from his hands and he sank down into the bottom of the boat a marine immediately took his place directly afterwards another man was hit not a groan escaped him grasping his oar he attempted to make another stroke but his eyes gazed wildly blood issued from his mouth the oar escaped from his hands and he fell back on the thwart a lifeless corpse another man sprang to his place and with little ceremony shoving the body aside pulled lustily away the crews of the other boats were treated in the same manner nothing daunted other men took the places of those who were wounded the gigs offering a smaller mark were less frequently hit but the white splinters which flew from their gunwales and oars showed that the bullets of the enemy had found them out one of the captain's crew was hit and directly afterwards murray had another man hurt it was a severe trial for the courage and patience of all for eager as they were to get at the foe they could do nothing but sit still and be fired at short as the distance was an hour passed by before they reached the fort at length the leading gigs got up to it as they did so the river appeared to decrease in width while the stream consequently ran still faster and the fire became even hotter than before the gigs and pinnace which kept well up with them had now got close to the fort the stockades rising on the projecting point high above their heads the marines in the last mentioned boat took aim at any of the enemy who were seen for a moment on the fortifications while the soldiers in the other boats did their best to clear the banks of their persevering foes still however they were exposed to a galling fire from all directions from foes on the starboard hand and others concealed enemies on the bows and quarter several more men were hit but as long as they could pull a stroke they refused to quit their oars the boats were almost riddled with shot the gigs were struck several times between wind and water the holes being filled up with handkerchiefs or whatever first came to hand archie gordon was employed in stopping one with his handkerchief when murray to his dismay saw him fall forward steering with one hand he lifted the lad up with the other don't mind me said archie in a faint voice looking very pale a sharp blow made me topple over but i don't think that i am much hurt i trust not my boy but we will get a doctor to look to you as soon as possible answered murray placing him into the stern-sheets by his side so as to cover him as much as possible again and again the boats were hit and half the oars were cut through some breaking off others were immediately got out to supply their places the boats all this time were slowly working their way along against the stream this was the most trying part of the whole voyage upwards of an hour they had been under fire and for nearly forty minutes more they were passing the stockades exposed to it at length the extreme point was neared this they had to round and then to pull some distance up the river so as to be able to descend rapidly to the landing-place which was on the other side of the point the crews renewed their efforts and the remainder of the flotilla now appeared coming slowly up as the leading gig at length rounded the point her crew uttered a cheer and as the river became wider and the current ran with less force they were able to make better way and soon getting beyond the fire of the fort they were exposed only occasionally to a shot from some of the more persevering of the enemy who had made their way along the banks murray was thankful when he could at length examine poor archie's wound the lad had fainted from loss of blood the bullet it appeared had lodged in his side mctavish the assistant surgeon was fortunately in the pinnace and when she came up he took the midshipman under his charge as well as several other poor fellows severely wounded tom held him in his arms while the doctor probed his wound and at length succeeded in extracting the bullet he'll not die i hope said tom feeling very sick and sad not this time i trust he has a good constitution and that's everything in his favor answered mctavish there was no time however for sorrow or sentiment most of the boats had now got up and captain hemming not waiting for the rearmost ones which he calculated would arrive in time to land the men after the first part had gained a footing on the banks gave the order to attack with true british cheers the crews gave way and the stream now being in their favor the boats still exposed to a warm fire rapidly approached the landing-place in front of them was the principal stockade guarding the landing-place a gun on which opened fire as the boats kept in line it did no damage for missing one it missed all pulling quickly on the leading boats of the flotilla soon reached the landing-place when the captain with jack and terence were the first to leap on shore tom and gerald with needham came close behind them the marines led by their tall commander followed and formed quickly up the blue jackets and soldiers immediately afterwards landed and the captain with his companions again giving forth hearty cheers rushed towards the stockade in which the gun was posted the nicaraguans dark stalwart fellows stood their ground bravely till they saw the cutlasses of the seamen waving about their heads and the bayonets of the soldiers pointed at their breasts when a well-directed volley of musketry laid many low and as the seamen climbed over the stockade the survivors abandoning their gun fled for shelter within the fort here rallied by their officers they made another stand but the english sailors rushing forward were soon climbing over the defences in spite of the showers of bullets which were flying past them the blue jackets and red coats vied with each other as to who should be first over and as they sprang down into the fort the former began slashing and hewing away with their cutlasses while the latter forming as they got over brought their weapons to the charge and dashed forward against the main body of the enemy who stood their ground needham had not forgotten his resolve to haul down the nicaraguan flag accompanied by the midshipmen and several men having seen that it was flying at the further angle of the fort he made a dash towards it a dozen or twenty of the enemy led by an officer seeing him coming and guessing his object threw themselves in his way to cut him off with a cheer he and his companions dashed forward to the attack the enemy withstood them for a few seconds but a small party of marines made so vigorous a charge that they took to flight others of the garrison had however rallied in the neighborhood of the flagstaff still the dauntless seamen dashed on and so well used their cutlasses that they forced their way through them and dick with a loud shout sprang up to the flagstaff in another moment he had the halyards in his hand and down came the nicaraguan colors having tucked them under his arm he again with cutlass in hand made a rush at the enemy the fight in the meantime had been raging in all parts of the fort its issue was never for a moment doubtful though the enemy mustering nearly two hundred strong showed a bold front but they could not withstand the charge now made by the gallant soldiers and blue jackets turning tail off they scampered as fast as their legs could carry them through the outlets in the rear of the fort on lads on was the cry and after them dashed the whole body of their assailants uttering a ringing cheer which tended to increase the rapidity of their flight jack and terence and the other officers led the sailors captain Babacom, though undoubtedly not as active as the rest had managed to scramble into the fort and now puffing and blowing was well in advance as soon as they gained the shelter of the wood many of the fugitives turned and fired but again fled as their pursuers came up with them tom and gerald having assisted to capture the flag were somewhat behind the rest as they ran on they saw the obese though gallant commander just before them flourishing his sword and shouting on lads on tally ho tally ho we'll have their brushes before long make mincemeat of the rascals tally ho boys tally ho his voice grew hoarser and hoarser some of the fugitives stopped turned round and fired suddenly down he went on his face his sword flying out of his hand there's old babbicombe knocked over cried tom and gerald in the same breath though they would have preferred seeing the end of the fun as they called it they felt that it was their duty to stop and assist him having summoned some of the men near them to their aid they lifted him up but no wound could they discover i'm done for he groaned out where are you hit sir asked tom nowhere that i know of but i'm shaken to death running doesn't suit my constitution carry me back to my boat his groans and sighs showed that he was much hurt his own men coming up obeyed his orders and tom and his companions continued the pursuit a nicaraguan officer and several men had already been taken prisoners and sent down to the landing-place every now and then the pursuers caught sight of the enemy among the trees who as soon as they saw them coming again darted off easily finding concealment in the dense forest i wish that archie was here cried gerald he would have enjoyed the fun needham with several other sailors were with the midshipmen just then they caught sight of a person trying to conceal himself behind a tree by his uniform they knew that he was an officer we must have that fellow cried tom dashing forward the officer who had a sword in his hand made a cut at tom which he parried with his cutlass the nicaraguan then seeing several of his enemies approaching cried out for quarter and presented the hilt of his sword come along cried tom highly delighted you're my prisoner no one shall hurt you now and he and gerald who was close at hand grasping him by the arm shouted to needham and the rest to come and take charge of him just at that moment the bugle echoing through the forest sounded the recall the summons was heard by the fugitives with more satisfaction probably than by the pursuers the latter obeyed it and bluejackets marines and soldiers began to assemble from all directions in which the flying enemy had led them few prisoners only besides the officers had been taken for the thickness of the forest favored the flight of the nicaraguans here and there the dead body of one of them was seen shot in the pursuit or who had fallen down after being wounded in the fort the midshipmen were excessively proud of their capture and Needham not the less so at having the nicaraguan flag to show as a trophy at length the greater number of the pursuers returned to the fort the remaining stragglers who had been led by their ardor farther than the rest came in soon afterwards and the whole being mustered it was found that not a man had been killed on shore and five only wounded tom and gerald now came up to the captain with their prisoner and received due commendation for their zeal needham followed with the flag which he had kept fast under his arm and which he now produced in due form the captain having heard the particulars did not fail to promise that he should receive a reward for his bravery he then addressed the men and expressed his satisfaction at the gallantry and good discipline they had displayed we have still some work to do my lads however and the more quickly we set about it the sooner we shall get out of this broiling spot and have our wounded men properly cared for on board ship he said we have to make the place untenable for some time to come by the rascals you have so soundly thrashed all hands then set to work to spike the guns to break the trunnions and to gather together all the muskets and ammunition which the fugitives had left behind them with many a cheer the sailors who enjoyed the fun then rolled the guns down the steep bank into the river while one party was thus engaged the other was employed in pulling up the posts of the stockades and piling them in great heaps with the muskets on the top the heaps were then set on fire and the place which a few hours before presented so formidable an appearance was utterly destroyed the order was now given to embark murray had been directed by the captain to go over the ground and ascertain the number of the killed twenty dead bodies were found several more having been seen in the forest it was computed that twice that number had been wounded the larger proportion of these had however been assisted off by their companions some of the prisoners proved to be boatmen pressed into the service twelve of these were taken to act as pilots a hint being given them that should they attempt to play tricks they would be forthwith shot the two officers looked very crestfallen jack had one of them in his boat and terence took charge of the other they were not very attractive gentlemen and did little else than bemoan their hard fate and smoke their cigarettes which they assiduously employed themselves in rolling up jack's prisoner for most of the time gave vent to his ill-humour by abusing the commandant who had been the cause of their misfortune jack knew but little of spanish but still he was able to make out what was said what regular daredevils you english are nothing can stop you cried the officer you are right my friend trifles don't hinder us when we have an object in view and as we were going up with purely pacific intentions merely to inquire why your colonel had carried off two of our countrymen it was not pleasant to find ourselves fired at by you and your people though you might have thought it good fun we have made you pay pretty dearly however old fellow for your amusement yes you have indeed replied the don but you have not recovered the men you came to search for no but still you are not likely to regain your liberty till you find them for us then we shall be prisoners for ever sighed the don why what have become of the men asked jack they are gastados expended answered the don what would you say if we were to expend you and your brother officer by running you up to the yardarm of one of our ships asked jack the remark made the don shake in his shoes the expedition remained for the night at the spot from which they had started in the morning the wounded were as well cared for as circumstances would allow great anxiety was felt by all hands for archie gordon the surgeon being unable to give a satisfactory report of his state his two friends begged leave to assist in attending on him he was frequently insensible and when he returned to consciousness the groans which he uttered showed how severely he was suffering the next morning the expedition got under way and piloted by the boatmen rapidly proceeded down the stream performing the distance in a few hours which had taken them so many days of hard toil to accomplish in their ascent several men were also on the sick list from fatigue and exposure to the hot sun by day and the damps of night none of the officers had suffered much except commander babbicombe who had remained unconscious from the time he had been carried on board his gig the surgeon announced his case to be one of sunstroke captain hemming therefore sent him down in his gig ahead that he might sooner obtain the assistance of his own doctor archie gordon was at once taken on board the frigate that he might be under the care of the surgeon who expressed great anxiety about him tom and needham were his constant attendants tom indeed watched over him when off duty with the affection of a brother never fear rogers said the surgeon observing how unhappy tom looked gordon will pull through if he keeps quiet and is watched over with the care which you show him tom was somewhat consoled on hearing this he sent off a dispatch to gerald by the first opportunity with a bulletin of their friend's state the report from the corvette was not so favorable the surgeon expressed his fears that the commander would not reach jamaica alive for the sake of his wounded men captain hemming was anxious to return as soon as possible to jamaica murray was walking the deck of the supplejack when a boat from the frigate came alongside and lieutenant rogers stepped on board good news alick he exclaimed we are to get under way immediately the wind will allow us and proceed at once to jamaica where the captain is anxious to land the sick and wounded i knew you would be glad to hear this you will receive i hope on arrival a due reward for your gallant deeds for every one says that you are sure to be promoted i shall certainly prize that for many reasons answered murray and thanks to you for cheering me up our energies have been taxed pretty severely for the last few days and i feel more out of spirits than usual what account do you bring me of poor Archie? the doctor is more hopeful about him than at first young highlander as he is he thinks that there is every prospect of his getting round again in time by careful nursing and i dare say your friends at st david's will be happy to take charge of him when we get to jamaica he will afford an object of interest to miss o'regan and draw her off from the thoughts of her own loss i trust that such may be the case said murray but my dear jack i have been oppressed with all sorts of evil forebodings about her i cannot help dreading that she has been attacked by fever or that she has met with some accident or that nonsense alec that's not like you interrupted jack you say that your energies have been severely taxed that alone is the cause of your forebodings of evil after we have been at sea a day or two you will laugh at them good-bye i must be off jack pulled on for the corvette and delivered the welcome order to prepare for sea the surgeon gave him a bad account of the commander his mind was wandering and he was every day becoming weaker he was continually talking of his beloved beeves and his pigs his orchard and his cabbage garden and sometimes he fancied that he was bestriding his trusty cob, setting off to market and he would shout out to his old housekeeper martha to have his dinner ready at his return poor fellow he would have been wiser had he continued cultivating his little farm in bedfordshire instead of tempting again the treacherous deep thought jack however probably aleck will get the vacancy so it's all right a short time afterwards a light breeze came off the land the sails were let fall and the frigate leading the way the small squadron shaped a course for jamaica the Jack proved herself to be a fast craft being well able to keep up with the frigate and corvette so murray considered that he could report favorably of her to the admiral when within about a day's sail of jamaica the corvette which had separated during the night from her consort was again seen approaching with her flag half-mast high the flags of the other two ships were lowered in compliment. and inquiries by signal were made as to when the melancholy event had occurred The reply was on the previous evening and that the commander's last request had been that he might be buried on shore the next day the squadron came to an anchor in port royal harbor eager as captain hemming knew that murray would be to proceed to kingston his first duty was to attend to the funeral of the late commander of the corvette which could not be delayed the boats of the squadron being manned followed the tudor's barge which contained the coffin on landing it was borne by a party of seamen to the burying-ground of port royal where the garrison chaplain performed the service and the marines having fired a volley over the grave the party returned on board the ceremony being over the flags were hoisted up and it must be confessed that very little more was thought of or said about poor commander Babacom and his eccentricities captain hemming and murray then proceeded up to kingston where they were received with warm congratulations and highly complimented by the admiral i have already sent your dispatch home he said turning to aleck and i have secured your promotion i hope in the meantime i intend to give you an acting order to take command of the corvette and i shall be glad captain hemming to appoint any officer you can recommend to the supplejack the captain at once named lieutenant rogers i should have been glad to have suggested my first lieutenant mr cherry but i am unwilling to spare him and i believe that he would rather continue as at present on board the frigate on hearing that his young cousin was wounded the admiral at once desired murray to have him brought up to the pen if the doctor thought he could be moved and you i suspect will not object to a day or two's leave to enjoy a trip into the country he added i shall be happy to see you on your return alick thanked the admiral who advised him to set out forthwith while he invited captain hemming to dinner the boats were sent back with directions that the wounded midshipmen should be brought to the pen the next day and murray taking the admiral's advice set off for st david's hoping to arrive there before nightfall chapter sixteen